Today's sermon is Ain't Nobody Got Time For That. I want to welcome you all to Victory Baptist Church again this morning. Uh, ain't nobody got time for that. Now, this is the, the, the thing about it, is that when we're in, and turn to Mark chapter 1, verse 35, and we're talking about that quiet time. But many of us have that, we don't have time for that. We don't have time to spend with the Lord. We don't have time to, to have that. And, and we have to understand, even when this lady is trying to run out the house, and, and she has now, as of today, made millions, or at least a million, at least $10, more than I did. Uh, she has made money just off that little brief clip, just to say, ain't nobody got time for that. But it's the truth in our reality. Do we have time for the Lord. Do we make time for the Lord? Now, I want us to, to just see something that in Mark, it's always changed a little bit, in Mark uh, chapter 1 verse 35, and in the morning raising up a great while before the day, he went out and he parted into a solitary place and there prayed. Talking about Jesus Christ himself, that he went out in the early morning and went to himself a place where he could be and pray. And so we have to realize that we all have 168 hours, everybody, in a whole week. We all, got, we all start off equal. No one has more time than somebody else. We all have 24 hours in a day. We all have, out of those seven days, we have 168 hours in that week. Now, many of us are like, I don't have time. I mean, I'm trying to fit everything in. I don't have time. And the truth is, we do have time. We are all what has the same equal time. That same 168, as I said. And so, we have to understand that how do you make your choice of how you spend the 168 hours out of that week? How are you spending the 24 hours out of your day? How, how are we spending that? Many of us, and we'll get into it, we're spending on things that we look back just like our money. We all had $100, and you look at how did you really spend your money over that day or over that month? There's some stuff that was worthless that we really didn't even spend it on. You look back and you're like, now why did I buy that? Something that you, in the end, may even throw in the trash. Somebody that rotisserie chicken from Walmart, eat the drumsticks and, the, and the, the dark meat, don't eat none of the white meat. When we could turn the white meat into some chicken salad, we like, oh, I don't want that. Leave it out next morning, but I got to throw it out now. See, we have wasted some resources. But the same thing goes with our time. The same thing goes with our time. We all start off with 168 hours a week. Now, this is why I want us to understand. 33 hours of your time is pretty much spent sleeping. And that, if you're at 33, if you spend about almost eight hours of sleep. Many of us don't even do that, right? So your time, actually, you have more time. But they say you should sleep seven to eight hours. You really should sleep five to six. They all say you should sleep about seven to eight. So let's, let's go ahead with eight. Then we spend about 44 uh, percent of our time, what? Working, working. We spend about 44 percent, and what does that mean? That's about 15 hours of our day spent some type of way working, getting ready for work, driving to work, uh, working, 
getting off of work, driving back home, all that focus on work. All that focus on work. So when you think about that, and I know that says 33, but we have that, that 44, so you got 33 and 44. Then we spend about nine hours just whatever. Maybe that's TV or whatnot. Some of us is a higher percentage. So some of us, some of us, that, that 9%, really not that. So I said it was 15, and that's out of five day week. And I told you that the other one was about eight hours, that's out of seven day. So now we, that nine hours, you know, on the weekend, we, you know, we go to the park, or we just lay out around in the house or whatever, you know, those kind of things. But then we have a percentage of time, we, what do we do with it? Now, if we go back to the 168. Now, we go back to the whole principle of tithing. Many of us, when we hear somebody say tithing, especially when we come from a preacher, we think about this, oh, here come ask for some money. Where the church building fund gonna look like? But God wants more than just our financial resources. Because it's one thing to give 10%. It's easier for us to give 10% in our resources than to give 10% in our time. Now, let's, let's back it up a little bit. How would 10% of your time look in the Lord? And as I say, eight hours of sleep in a day, putting the hours, focus on work. How would that look like? Well, I'm going to round it up off the 168. I'm going to make it 17 hours. First of all, we have to understand spending time with the Lord does not always mean reading your Bible and praying. But let's break, let's break it down. If you came to Sunday school this morning, 9.30, you're going to leave here about 11.30ish. So you spend about two hours this Sunday. If you got here earlier, uh, and maybe you were part of the praise scene, maybe part of the setup and whatnot, you might got here about 8.30ish. So let's say 8.30 to 11.30. So you, at, some of us at Max have spent about three hours on Sunday with the Lord. Okay. Then let's move to uh, our prayer time. Reality is our prayer time is... It looks a little slack. It looks tired. We all are, are on that. We all are, are struggling with our prayer time. And then we went from prayer time to reading our Bible time. And, and what I love about the surveys that I gave out last week, it reflected a lot of me. Some of us, I read it once a week. Some of us, I read here and there. Some of us, I read it when I'm in the storm. We get to reading real quick. It's kind of like when the VCR, well, not VCR anymore, right? DVD or the Blu-ray, name the DVD player. Blu-ray or something not working, then we want to look in the manual. We do the same thing with the Bible. Something ain't right. Let me go to Job. I'm going through storm, Lord. We want to identify with Job. Job knows something. Job a job, how you want to say. So we get up in there and we're trying to find something. But most of the time, our prayer life is pretty slack. We pray around the table because that's a habit. We are in a habit of praying over our food, especially when it's other people. And then we're in a habit of, you know, maybe you may say, you know, a little prayer before you walk out the door. And reading our Bible, we're really not doing that. And so what, we, what happens is for us, because we're in that 168, we're not spending time with the Lord. We say about two to three hours on a Sunday, then the rest of the week is kind of non-existent. Tuesdays for us, we got about an hour of Bible study. And let's say you spend an hour studying your lesson. I know I'm stretching, but I'm going to give you two hours. So generally, we'll spend about five hours. When the Lord said, now what will 17 look like? See, this is what I'm trying to get us to focus on. Because we really believe we don't have 
time for the Lord. And we said, no, I'm not saying that. No, we really are. Because the things of nature is we have time for what we want time for. We spend money where we want to spend money on. Where your treasure is is where your heart is. So some of us, we have, we, you know, hey, we might go see the best man this weekend, or we seen uh, 12 years of slave. We seen all that, but we ain't spend no time with the Lord. And, and I'm not saying those things are wrong. What I'm saying is they can't overshadow your walk with the Lord. Same thing. We have, we, we're like, oh, I got to do the family time. I got to go to the park. I got this and that. Or oh, I got to spend time with my grandkids. All those things. Those are good things. But when you have not started your day out right with the Lord, you are now misplaced. You're not in the right direction. It, it, it's like you like baking a cake, but you don't put any eggs in it. You, you, and, and you didn't put no milk in it. You're talking about you're going to put some water in it. And maybe you got a little cake going, but it ain't tasting the same. Right? Some of us are trying to substitute, you know, oh, I'll put on some Kurt, or I'll put on some Mahalia, or I'll put on whatever while we're driving. That was good. It was all right. But then we start our day out or anytime focus on the Lord. And, and, and we'll get to times and place and all that in a second. But that's what I want you to understand. Most of us, five hours a week is pushing. A lot of us are lower than that. So how would our life look dramatically different if we spent 17 hours with the Lord? And let me break that down. How could 17 look like? It's real easy. If we spent the five like we did Sunday and, and, uh, and Bible study, got that five, so now you need another 12, right? Spend 30 minutes with the Lord, reading your Bible, praying, maybe even having a gospel song in there where you can just meditate. And then spend time with the Lord, don't always mean talking. Now, I'm not trying to put my, my couple here on the, uh, on the spotlight, but sometimes y'all just being together is a good thing, right? Where y'all don't even have to speak to one another. You don't always have to talk. See, many times we believe when I have quiet time, it's got to be filled with this activity. And God's saying sometimes it's just being quiet and listening and be still. And so we come to that point, so about 30 minutes. If you did that every day, 30 minutes, that comes out about three and a half hours a week. And then, let's say this, many of us are not telling others about, the, about what God's done for us. What if you spend 30 minutes a day witnessing to somebody? And witnessing doesn't mean that you know the Lord. That don't mean that it can mean just having a conversation with a person who is your cashier in, in your uh, bulletin today. You see, I got certain cliffhanger things for y'all to do this week. But it's talking with somebody for 30 minutes, actually being intentional. See, we have to be intentional and deliberate with our time. Because when we're not, it flies away from us. And so be deliberate with that. Well, if I do that, that's another three and a half. Now I'm at seven hours. Just because I spend 30 minutes a day talking to somebody about Christ, and it could be a family member, and I spend another 30 minutes just getting in my word, praying, and being quiet with the Lord. And maybe put a gospel song in there. I spent those, that was a whole seven hours on top of the five. Now I'm at 12. Look how easy I got to 12. So now we're talking about that another five. That time that we talk about going to work and coming back from work, with it, and me, personally, I put on ESPN radio, right? I put that on because I don't want to listen to what's really going on in the world. I don't want to really listen to that because I always, damn. You know, sports, is, it, it ain't real. You know, it, it's not, it's, if somebody lose a game, the world's not going to end. But if somebody, if the government shut down, somebody might not get their hospital bill paid. Or they might not be able to go to the hospital. That's some real stuff. I don't want to listen to that today. So I don't listen to the news that much. I listen to just sports. 
But what if I turn that time of listening to sports, maybe I put it in a devotional tape. Or maybe we get with Kathleen and get her to do some, them, uh, some of them sermons off the, and burn up some sermons and some songs that the praise team is doing. Things of that nature. Or what if I, things of that nature. So now my time to work is actually now more productive. And so now I spent, let's say it's a 15 minute, some of us got 30, some of us got 45 minutes. Think about, you at least got 10 or 30 minutes in that car every day. If you put that time, that's another three and a half. So now I got you about 15 hours. About 15 hours a week. Now, that two hours, maybe you can spend some more time in the, in the church. Or maybe, if you got a family especially, have family time. I will uh, admonish my young couple, have time separately but together. My mothers, I would say, have time separately but together. And I'm not saying that's easy. Because I'm saying for me, we have our little family time, prayer time, but are me and Kelly praying every day like we should together? No, we, we make the same excuse. Oh, I'm, I'm busy this, I'm busy that. But every Thursday I'm watching Scandal. Something not right. You see what I'm saying? See, what, what I'm saying is we put some stuff in there that we could be subtracting. We all got DVRs and VCR tapes and whatever, whatever, that we could be saying, I could watch that later. Let me have some time with the Lord. So what I'm trying to tell you, those two hours that you want to get, have some time with somebody else. It doesn't have to be so much a family member. It can be a friend who you just may spend 10, because we all go on the phone too. We all texting somebody. What if I spend that next 30 minutes actually having a time of ironing, sharpened iron? And where I'm getting sharper because I'm communicating, I witness to somebody who doesn't know the Lord, but now I'm having somebody input in my life who, who does know the Lord. So what happens is now I've got my whole 17. You see, it's those simple steps. But what we do, we just do this. I come to church on Sunday, I'm going to Bible study on Tuesday. Okay, that's about it. And I'm telling you, we are not reaching out for potential. So we all got that 168. So the next thing is dub. So we went, we all got the 168.1.2. We all got the dub. Well, what's the dub, preacher? You already started with, ain't nobody got time for that. Now you're talking about 168. What is the dub? The dub is first. Why? Why do I need to have quiet time? I need to have quiet time because we need a fellowship with God. Now, when you became a Christian, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you have a relationship. When I first, on January 5th, 2005, January 9th, 2005, when I asked my wife for the first time to go out for, uh, to Black Eyed Peak, I was starting a relationship. But I may not have a fellowship. Just because I got married on July 28th, 2007, does not mean I have always had a fellowship. What is fellowship versus relationship? A relationship means we got some kind of bond. But fellowship means I can just stop talking to your behind. We can have discord. We can, I can shut up this, mm, mm You can get up nerves today. We are out of fellowship. Have anybody been out of fellowship with somebody? Has somebody been out of fellowship? There's some sisters in here who've been out of fellowship. May have been more than a week. May have been more than six months. Has there been some couples in here who've been out of fellowship? Were you like, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I, I could tell you what. You've been out of fellowship. And, but we've been doing that with God. We've been in a point where we've been out of fellowship with God. Yeah, we're saved 
And you know, holy and sanctified, blessed and highly favored, wonderful. But we don't have a fellowship. When we have this quiet time, when I'm making a point, it's just like how mama told you what the Bible said. Don't go to bed angry. Go solve those problems before you hit that pillow. Because when you let that stuff stir, you are letting what stir up things that are going to break that fellowship. The same thing. If I come in every day with the Lord, I am building and growing my fellowship. God does not need to grow. I need to grow. I'm starting off on milk, and I want to get all the way to the T-bone state. Some of us are still on the Similac life. When God is saying, I want you to have that T-bone, the porterhouse steak, that 24-ounce big dog steak. I want you to get that kind of lifestyle in me. But when we're on a Similac, that means we're not even ready for that good real milk. We're on that powder stuff. And so if we're just coming to church, if all we're doing is maybe some Bible study, and that's all we do, we're on some Similac. I'm sorry to tell you. Some of our leaders, I know, just asking, we're on some Similac stuff. We have to move past it. Because understand, just like any baby who drinks Similac, you can smell on their breath, can't you? People can tell your Similac lifestyle when the storm start hitting you. People can tell your Similac lifestyle when, when all hell is going loose in your life. People can tell that Similac because you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Did you even pray first? I, I mean, I, I know the Lord. You're on that Similac. And God wants us to move us from Similac, like I said, to the porterhouse. Now, my brother, you know about porterhouse, don't you? Porterhouse is good. Best one. Talk about it, Sister Dan. It's the best one. Now, I know some of my people ain't no steak eaters in here, but I, don't, I know y'all might know uh, Pastor's a steak eater. <laughs> when you get there, a porterhouse medium is something to, to die for. You just like, mmm. But you had to get there because your body, if your body can't digest that, you're going to be sick as a dog. See, some of us are trying to live or portray a porterhouse lifestyle, but we are not digesting what we're going through right. God is saying, I want to grow you from being on a Similac all the way to porterhouse, but there's going to be some stages. But you're going to have to get in here with me daily. Grow, let me grow with you. Let me prune you. Let me cut on you so you can grow even more. So the why is we need to have fellowship with the Lord. Now, the other why is that we will benefit from having quiet time with the Lord. We will find joy, as Psalm 16, 11 says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At the right hand there are pleasures forevermore. It will be strength. Isaiah 40, 29 says, He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Every, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall he renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You will have peace if you have quiet time. For, for to be carnal-minded is death, but to be spiritual-minded is life and peace. You will have stability. Psalm 16, 8 says, I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved, therefore my heart is glad. My glory rejoices. My flesh will always be at rest. You will find success if you have quiet time. This, in Joshua, we said, this book of law is written that thou shall not depart out of your mouth. 
But thou shalt meditate therein night and day, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, that you may be prosperous. So, so you have the why. So you can be, so you can find fellowship with the Lord. You can find joy, peace, patience. Sound like the fruits of the spirit. It sounds like we want the fruits of the spirit. We need to have quiet time. Then we get into that wind. Now, let me just talk about the wind. You can choose, as the Lord did, as you see many times in the Bible, in the morning. Set your day off right. Because some things don't come at you. We might want to cut some folks out. You might want to set your day off right. Some of us have quiet time in the morning and in the evening. Why in the evening? Because all the stuff that's been going on, you need to calm down off of it. You need to go talk to the Lord about it. So the wind, but, and, and some even have it three times a day. Morning, in the afternoon, and in the evening. Because see, something broke out at the job at, you, at the afternoon too. They ain't crazy, and you want to act crazy with them, and you need the Lord to be with you. The Lord said, let us be continuous in our prayer. Let us be continuous in our walk with him. And so when, I would say, you definitely need to start in the morning. Even if it's just a, a, a five minute, get up going. I would tell you, you probably do want something today. Just remind you, reflect on the Lord. But definitely wind yourself down in the evening. But as the Lord did Jesus, he said he got to a place. He got to a place in the morning that was solitary. Now, I also want to talk to you about place. When we do the wind, we about to get to the web, but when we do the wind, find you a place where there's no distractions. See, some of us, our living room is the main traffic of all the things going on in our house. If you, if you live with other folk. So it might not be a good place to go in the living room. But some place where you can focus on God. Don't go someplace where you already got the TV on. It's going to be hard to focus on the Lord when they talking about, baby, you make it out of me. What? And you want to poke your head up. You might, you're going to need to find your place. For some of us, it's our bathroom. Just to be honest with you, this is our bathroom. You're like, man, you've been in that hole. I've been praying. I've been praying to the Lord. You got your Bible, you got your setup. Some of it, and you might want to start decorating your bathroom with scriptures so it can help you and remind you. But we need to find a place in our house, or if, if it's your car when I was in college, I would leave the campus and, and stay in my truck, and I would just read the Bible. I had a rooftop place to go to, and I would go there and just read the Bible, just by myself. Find you a place where you won't be distracted. So, what should I pray? Well, when we get into the what should I pray, because we're still in our dub, when we get to the what, we first need to wait on the Lord, relax. We might even want to pray briefly. Take some scripture. If you look in your bulletins today, turn to your cliffhanger. What we're going to start doing <clears throat> in your cliffhanger, every week, I'm giving you a preview of the sermon. Every week. Then that next cliffhanger, that just tell you, hey, read your Sunday school lesson. But the next one is reading. We're going to read the entire Bible the next four years together as a church. So we're going to start in Matthew chapter 1. Take some time every day, read scripture, read a chapter. Why? Because you need to know what the word is being said to you. It's just like me saying, if this woman in the back never tell me I love her, I might start questioning some stuff. 
Right? No. What what you doing? And because you start, you might start forgetting what that person's been meaning to you, what they've been saying, you'll forget the promises they made. God has some promises in his word. We need to get his word daily. So we're going to start in the, in the book of Matthew because we're starting to go into our holiday season. But we're starting at Matthew 1, chapter 1. Matthew 1, verse 1. We're going to start there. And that's every, that's over a week. Over a week, read five chapters of Matthew. So have that time where you read. Then you might want to get in the habit of memorize the verse. And why do I say that? When Jesus was confronted by the, uh, Satan, by Lucifer himself, he, all he did was quote scripture back at him. We need to start memorizing scripture so that when we're in a, in, in a, in a situation, in a problem, we know what to say back. We're not coming out of our flesh, but we're coming out of our spirit. See, when we come out of flesh, some of us are on the verge of getting fired. But when we come out of our spirit, you know what? We're in the right direction because we're in God's will. So we need to start memorizing. Memorize one scripture a week. Just one. I'm not saying go memorize Psalm 19. I'm saying you can say John 11:35. You memorize that this week. Jesus will. Just to let you know that Jesus has, he understood your emotion. John 3:16. Learn these scriptures. Then have your tablet. One of the best things is marking. I started on November, whatever, today's the 10th, on November 11th. What were you thinking about? What were your prayer requests? Because this is what I want you to do. I want you to do a whole year of your tablet, then come back and look how God's taking you. Start with your first prayer request that you had. It may be, I, I love him, Lord. I don't know how to love. Or, or, or I have these children. Lord, I don't know if I'm going to kill them or just give them away. Help me, Lord. You, and then you see a year, because you've been now in the Word, you've been praying, you've been investing in their life, you see a year later how much your children have grown and how the Lord has grown you. You can reflect back and you might even cry because you can see how good God's been to you. So record what your prayers have been. And you don't have to get a fancy, I know we can go to Mardell's and all that and get a fancy book, but I'm just saying get your regular spiral. About 50 cents, at the most a dollar, and just write. Just write. And you can do a half a page if you want. But start journaling what you're going through. And then have your time of prayer. At the end, if you really want to know how to, you say, well, I don't know how to pray. First of all, the Lord has already told the Holy Spirit will help us pray. Second of all, you can use a little acronym, pray. We need to praise the Lord. Adoration. We need to praise him. David did it in First uh, Chronicles. It says, Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation. David said, Bless thou the Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. So come to the Lord, bless him. When we talk about the, that Lord's Prayer, the disciples' prayer, uh, our Father, which art in heaven, that's a prayer. Are you praising him? You're saying, Daddy, Daddy. So praise. Come and confess your sin. Or we can say repent of your sin. Come and confess. Get real with yourself. See, when you have the quiet time, you're starting to get real with yourself. Where am I not really living up to the mark of the Lord? Where am I struggling? Am I letting my anger get to me too much? Am I letting my pride, like how dare you talk to me, get to me? Or am I coming and saying, I repent on my Father? And then A, ask for yourself and others. So I already praise the Lord, I confess my sins, and now I'm praying for myself and others. 
Now, I want you to understand prayer is not magic. You know, what you dealt what pick a card, pick a card. It's not that. It's not that. God is not a genie, and God is not Santa Claus. God is trying to be a father and is a father to you. So ask for yourself and others. Pray. And then at the end, yield yourself to God's will. God's gonna sometimes tell us no. God's gonna sometimes tell us yes. But the hardest thing to do is wait for God to tell you on the way. Man, that's a hard thing. Because like anybody in the conversation, don't you hate talking to somebody? And you're like, so where are you going to go? And you don't get no response. You'll be like, you hear me? I said, I said so where we going to go? I, I said, you know, because in my house, sometimes I got to, hey, anybody hear me? I, I said. And it's like, I know I'm talking loud. So where is, where is nobody responding? It is nothing that agitates me more than having to wait for a response. But God is saying to us, you're going to wait. There's some things in our life that we're going to wait. In the service that y'all gave back, everybody said, we want, our, we want our own place, Pastor. Well, tomorrow ain't going to be the day. We're going to have to wait. But I believe God is going to give us our own place. I, I know that. I know that. I know that. But we're going to have to wait. And so the last thing, the last thing, see when you get in your quiet time, when you get away from that, there's, there's, I got more time than I think I do, we got to start praying the hell out of us. See, and when I say that, I'm not saying that from the standpoint, because you already know Jesus Christ. You know Jesus Christ. So Lucifer is not in you. You got the Holy Spirit indwelling you. But do you know what? Some of us still got some chains that we holding on to. It, it, Jesus has already set us free because he said, who the Son has set free is free indeed. So Jesus has already set us free. But some of us are holding on to chains. We're holding on to the chain of alcoholism. We're holding on to the chain of drug addiction. We're holding on to the chain of adultery and fornication and pornography. We're holding on to the chain of anger and pride. We're holding on to all these chains. Another. Victory by the church is about being a family. 
It's about being real. It's about being transparent. If you got a struggle, you need to share it. Like, I got the struggle. Can you pray for me? And don't be like the drive-by Christianity. Oh, sister, who's going through the door? I'll pray for you. Then you walk on. Can you pray for me right here? Do you have enough time to pray for me right here? Do you have enough time with your busy schedule to send some time and to pray for me? Because I'm struggling right now. See, I need somebody to pray the hell out of me. See, I've been struggling, and I've been wanting to give up. I've been burned out. I've been crying. I've been broken. So I need somebody to pray for Pastor. Pastor, we're going to pray the hell out of you. You've got to get to a point in your quiet time that you're real with yourself, your situation, and the people around you that you're getting real with God. And then that's what you truly will say. The truth is, I don't have time not to spend with the Lord. I ain't got time for the scandal. I ain't got time for the housewives in Jersey, Atlanta, Dallas. I ain't got the time for preachers of LA. I ain't got time for the football game. I ain't got time for all the other folks. I ain't got time to get on me to take out. I ain't got time to go TMZ. I ain't got time for that. But I got time for my God. If anybody see no past, I heard, I heard what she's saying. I heard that's what she's saying. I heard that she's saying, I want to let go of my chain. I'm ready to let go. Then come on down today. Let today be your day. You saying, I need some. I need some. I'm changing this. I'm just that. Oh, the chain may be still fall down. <laughs> Somebody could have pointed, Pastor, your stuff is falling. Y'all know, y'all know, Pastor. But if you if you're ready to let go and let God, come on down today. If you don't have a church home, why walk around without a church home? Why why not why not come here? You see what we are. The, the difference of what victory is, we are authentic, genuine, and real. We care about each and every member in here. I personally care about each and every member in here. I'm praying for each and every member in here. I'm praying for breakthroughs in our life. I'm praying that the hell get up off our church. I want you to understand, my family has been under spiritual warfare, but as you already know, for a couple months. And I didn't recognize it. I didn't recognize it. I thought we were just going through some sicknesses. But when you are a church planter, it's different than when you go to an established church. And I want you to understand, you're going to be going through some, some, some mess too. Because see, when you go to an established church, that's already God's territory. But when you are going to church plant, when, that means I'm going to go and plant in an area that's Satan's. And I'm going to say, I'm going to wage war. Well, Satan says, I got something for you. So he's going to take people to emergency surgery. He's going to take people out. He's going to make people want to give up. Then why is me? But God said, God said, I still got a plan and purpose for you. I told you I got a plan to prosper you. I'm still there. So what I'm trying to tell you, there's a spiritual warfare going on right here. But I want you to understand, you got a pastor who got his eyes focused on the mighty conqueror, Jesus Christ. So if you want to find a church home like this, come on down today. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, I want you to understand, right now you chained up. You're not holding on to the chains. The chains are holding on to you. So if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, today, won't you come down and say, hey, I want the chains off of me. I want Jesus Christ to set me free.